So welcome to the Walla Way. This is Imran Namawala, and I'm here with the great one and only Dr. <laughs> Ray Bailey, doctor of chiropractic medicine, board-certified clinical nutritionist, trained in homeopathy, acupuncture, and many muscular modalities. Dr. Ray, how are you doing? Good. Did I, did I miss anything there? <laughs> Uh, trained in many muscular modalities, uh, let's say neuromusculoskeletal modalities. Okay. And it's not chiropractic medicine yet. Here in Illinois, we're kind of fussy about what term we say medicine with. Okay, so when you say neuromuscular modalities, what does that entail? What does that Neuromusculoskeletal. Mean? Okay, what does that entail? Well, for example, most people, when they think of a chiropractic physician, which is what I am, uh, I'm one of the four styles of physicians here in Illinois. They think that we're going to be dealing with joints and muscles, things like the spine, hips, knees, etc. So neuromusculoskeletal. Frankly, I went to chiropractic college, the one I went to, which thinks of itself as the Johns Hopkins of chiropractic <laughs> colleges. It's now a university, by the way. Mm because they had so many hours in nutrition, and that's what I was interested in. At that point, in the late 70s, none of the physician schools were offering much nutrition except this one. So that's why I went there, and I purposely went through very slowly. I did five and two-thirds years instead of three and one-third, so that I could attend lots of extracurricular seminars. Mm. And my goal initially was to get people so well they didn't need me as a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Let me focus in on the nutrition. But of course, I see people with pain, for example. Mm. So uh, what I wanted to discuss with you today, Dr. Ray, is this, this notion of pain, uh, pain management. The podcast primarily focuses on leadership, but I would say the target audience, our listeners are entrepreneurs, sm small business owners, uh, nonprofits, but what I, what I find is that taking care of one's body is a part of leadership. It's a part of effective business strategy, right? You can take care of your finances and your pockets, but if you're not taking care of your mind, your heart, and your body, there's only so much you're going to be able to put out. So, yeah. so in, in, in your years, have, are there certain common themes that you've seen in terms of uh, people who are in pain, not receiving the right type of help or treatment, uh, does that make sense? Does the question make sense? Sure, and I just want to add to your goal to be a bit more selfish for the entrepreneur. They want to make sure their employees don't have pain because pain means less productivity, right. perhaps six days and that mm. kind of thing. Mm. Um, overall, the main medical care in the United States is through MDs and the smaller population of DOs. And the main thing that um, they tend to use and health insurance pays for is drugs and surgery. Mm. Not much in the way of prevention, not much in the way of complementary and alternative stuff. Uh, before the economic collapse in 2006 to eight, health insurance was actually opening up and allowing more acupuncture and other modalities to be used but now it's has closed back down. It's being stingy again. For example, uh, one of the reasons I'm glad I am not an MD, although I'd love to have some of their things they can do under the license, mm. is if I did something on a patient that was 
not drugs and surgery and we submitted on insurance and insurance says well that's medically unnecessary they could report me to the board the medical board for doing things that are medically unnecessary medical board in this state is administrative law which means the doctor is guilty until they mm. prove themselves innocent against the rather large staff of well-paid lawyers that the board has. Wow. So just to give you a brief story, because sure. you know from my experience that I love telling stories. Right. Uh, we used to have a complementary and alternative medicine AIDS clinic here in Chicago back before the drugs got good. We were nationally famous. Our success rate was so high that hospitals and clinics were referring people to us. So I went to Northwestern uh, Medical School and Hospital and gave a speech to the pathology department on the things we were doing. And I told I was given an hour and the room was packed. And I said, first half hour, I'll tell you the kinds of successes we're having that you all tend not to have yet and mm. made the drugs get better. Mm. And I said, second half, I will gladly tell you how to do all those things. Mm. Second half hour came, everybody got up and left. And I was going, but I'll tell you for free. Don't you want to know how to do? And I repeated some of the successes. One doc stayed behind, a young doc. He waited for everybody to leave, gave me a hug and thanked me for my great work. And I said, I'll teach you, sit down. <laughs> and he said, no, he said, suppose I did your stuff on a patient mm. and knock on wood, somehow they got worse. Mm. Who knows, maybe by accident. Right. And their family sued me. Mm. When it went to litigation in front of the medical board, all their lawyer would have to say is, did you do the usual things? And you would and, say no. And I would say, no, yeah. that's it, case closed. Uh, litigation, et cetera, is based upon what the majority, meaning over 50% of your peers, same degree, same license in your geographical area do. Mm. My license and my certifications, and especially you stick in my resume of 30 years of teaching at the grad and postdoc level, uh, there's damn few peers in the nation right. that I would be judged against. Mm. And when I'd be judged against them, I'd be just fine. You could defend yourself. Because I'm doing what the majority, a matter of fact, of my peers, many of whom I've taught, are mm. doing. So there are things that can be done for pain control that are not being routinely done or offered. Just pause real quick. When you go back to the AIDS clinic, what were some of the things, just examples, what were some of the things you were doing at that time that others were not doing? And what year was this around? This was uh, starting in 1988 and went to 2001. Mm. The drugs eventually got so good that uh, we closed the clinic in 2001. Mm. We would have loved to have continued because what we were doing had many positive side effects but people really were just glad that the drugs were there just mm. take the drugs don't have to change your diet don't have to exercise don't mm. have to have a good attitude mm. you know etc cetera, etc cetera. okay so and then so to go back to the pain management i think what i'm getting at is there's a lot of people out there suffering yeah. back injuries neck injuries you know disc problems joint problems with the knees, yes. a lot of older gentlemen and, and men and women getting recommendations for shoulder uh, surgery. Right. Now, in some cases, I'm sure they need those things, 
But is it uh, is it a quote unquote death sentence where you're like you know that's it my quality of life is always going to suffer I have this injury and it's game over? Well, let me uh, again a story. Sure, Hope it isn't sure, too yeah, long. No, please. Patient came to me. She was retiring. She was uh, a manager of a rather large corporation. A lot of sitting at her desk. A lot of not exercising. A lot of being very busy, and she had a hip degeneration so bad that the orthopedic surgeon said we have to replace this hip. Mm. She started looking for alternatives. She came to me. I said, go back to your orthopedic surgeon. How long do we have before absolutely the surgery, the hip replacement must be done? In other words, one of the risks of a very degenerated hip mm. is that it could collapse and mm. you could get death of tissue. Mm. So I said, get a number. Mm. And the surgeon said, okay, I'll give you six months, but no more than that. Mm. So she came back to me. Um, I did various styles of body work on her. Uh, I sent her to an acupuncturist, and I sent her to one of the best people in the United States for exercises that would stabilize the hip and protect it. Six months later, she was walking fine. I said, go back to your orthopedic surgeon and get repeat MRIs. Let's see what the hip's like now. Mm. And the orthopedic surgeon initially refused. He said, I can't justify this to insurance. There's no way this is better enough. We still need to do the surgery. She insisted and said, I'll pay out of my pocket if necessary. He repeated it. He apologized to her. He mm. said, never have I seen this before. Mm. You actually reversed it. And now you've got many more months, years. She moved to, uh, she retired to a, a cottage on the beach in the Carolinas mm. and walks the beach every day. How common is that type of story where you find somebody uh, as a chiropractor, as somebody who focuses on like a holistic approach, better nutrition? Yeah. Um, how often do you find people who come in with such a dire diagnosis, but by the time they follow up with this new set uh, of treatments, they wind up a lot better? The, 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 the more accurate question would be, how often do they comply? Well, Most people yeah. do not comply because mm. the things she did were not paid by her health insurance. Mm. A little bit of what I did was paid by health insurance, but the acupuncturists, the exercises, mm. let alone the supplements that I gave her, mm. you know, the herbs, etc., none of that paid by insurance. But she had enough money, she was able to do that. But if people do comply, you, they oh, do see... high success rate. Mm. Yeah. And generally, because I know it depends from ailment to ailment, but what are some things that the general pop can do to better or improve their regular lives? Are there certain dietary recommendations, very general? To decrease pain? To decrease pain. Or decrease likelihood of pain? No, I would say if you're in pain, oh. what, what are the things that you have to, what can you do uh, holistically, I'm sorry, um, nutritionally? Aside from drugs and surgery. Aside from drugs and surgery, yes. Well, let's say, let's start with topical. Okay. Uh, I trained at, it was in the 80s, so it was either Spencer Spencer Clinic, I forget which, mm. which at that time was in San Diego. Okay. Uh, their big moneymaker was super jocks and daredevils, <laughs> the kind of people who are getting huge salaries, mm. you know, either per event or per game or whatever, mm. and would get injured and would phone up this clinic, and they would say, well, by next weekend, I got to be functional. And so right on the phone, if they'd been there before, he would tell them what supplements to take. And then when they got there, they would do various things on them. Mm. 
and I got to ask the, the head doctor there, Spencer, Spencer, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name as well. <laughs> I said, of all the things you do, what do you think is the number one thing, or number one and two, that you all do that's different than mainstream clinics? And he said, well, one, the huge amounts of nutrients that we do. I mean, literally a grocery bag full that wow. people would be taking every four hours many pills. Wow. And but these were people who could afford such. Right. And he said, warm, cool. I said, uh, just tell you what warm, cool is. Ten minutes of moist, warm, five minutes of cool. Mm. Ten minutes of moist, warm, five, cool. Mm. That part of their clinic was open 24-7 with anywhere from just basins, like where you could put your foot in, on through to tanks where you could immerse your whole body. The cool doesn't need to be moist, but the warm must be moist. Mm. I'm not saying hot and cold. Mm. Just enough temperature difference that you notice it, but not so much that you go, <gasps> the startle reaction, because the startle reaction has negative consequences. 10, 5, 10, 5, hour after hour after hour after hour. For what and he would get people, because the warm would relax the muscles and dilate the blood vessels. The cool would reduce the inflammation and constrict the blood vessels. So you're dilating and constricting, dilating, opening and closing, well not closing, but making more wider and narrower and that would pump the blood through the area. Mm. And they were wealthy because mm. they got people more functional that fast. So the nutrient, because you asked nutrients, right. the kinds of nutrients they would do would be turmeric, Mm. <laughs> and I'm sure by now most people had have heard of some of the benefits of turmeric. Turmeric is such that whenever we look at a protecting a tissue or inflammation, we go, oh, there too. Mm. I remember uh, years ago, actually more like decades ago, when it was, oh, the brain and oh, the joints. Now we're saying, oh, and the liver, oh, and the kidney. It's, uh, and it's okay for all blood types. Uh, do you want to get into that? It's okay for all blood types. In Ayurvedic medicine, if you're healthy, you take turmeric as a maintenance, a teaspoon a day. Mm -hmm. But if you're not healthy, anywhere from a tablespoon up to 10 tablespoons a day. Does it matter if you cook it? So yes, uh -huh. very good, good uh -huh. leading question. <laughs> Turmeric does not absorb well. Uh, you can buy the most active ingredient, which is curcumin. Right. But me, I'm always suspicious when they take something that's natural, been used for many hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, and extract something out of it and sell it at a high price. Right. That's I get suspicious of the capitalism of that. Mm. So when I've looked at the literature, there are many active ingredients in there and they work synergistically. But okay, you don't wanna be doing all that amount of turmeric. You might get away with one seventh of the amount as curcumin, but boy, are you gonna pay a much higher price. Mm. For example, you and I are familiar with uh, international stores right. where you can buy turmeric by eight ounces or a pound. Right for, well, the eight ounce for almost the same price as you'd pay in jewel for a little small jar that contains a couple ounces. What if the counter argument to that was at the international stores, maybe the quality may not be? There is organic available now, mm. turmeric. Mm. Personally, I buy it, for those of you here in Chicago, at a store called Fresh Farms, Yeah, because we know one of their buyers, and he's assured us that they're very good about quality. 
I wish I was wealthy enough to take the batches I buy there, there's two brands that I buy, and send them off to an analysis lab because India's government is not as concerned about pesticides right. and toxic metals, right. same thing with China and some mm. others, as we are. So I'd like to be analyzing it, but for now I'm just hoping because it's cheaper that I not buy organic. So one of the things that he would tell them to take is actually it was an extract of turmeric. Mm. Another thing he would tell them to take is an extract of ginger. So for example, when people come to me with low back pain and I tell them turmeric and ginger and they want to know how much, I say, well, it usually takes at least a tablespoon of turmeric a day or an inch of the root consumed. Not make a tea out of the root, and then leave the pulp behind. You gotta eat that pulp. Mm. But you could do that. You could make a tea and then eat the pulp. So to, just to get back to your question, because we're yeah. sliding off on tangents. <laughs> Turmeric itself is not well absorbed in the gut. The curcumin extract a bit better. Sometimes that's a good thing. Like I just had a patient who has had many years of ulcerative colitis and mm. pain from that. Mm. But the pain is quite tolerable because they're on many drugs. The one that scares me is very immune suppressive and I worry they're going to get a cancer or an mm. infection. Mm. So to them, I told them to just go ahead and do the turmeric because it won't be well absorbed and it'll stay in the gut and ah. it'll help heal the gut wall. Interesting. But for somebody, let's say with knee pain or low back pain, for them I would say let's do the powder, although you can buy the root, and let's heat it up a bit in oil, not all the way to the point of like a temperature you would use for sauteing or frying, right. but definitely heat it up and stir it around and you see the oil get colored because some of the active ingredients are fat soluble. Mm. And then that's what you consume. For example, coconut oil, if you're not allergic to coconut, is a nice carrier to do because coconut is mostly medium chain triglycerides and you won't, that won't contribute to your acidosity. Instead, your body will burn it, just like the keto diet thing with coconut oil. Or you can put a little black pepper in there. Mm. I tell them for a tablespoon of turmeric, let's do a pinch, you know, like cooks do, a pinch of black pepper. I initially, for years, I boycotted the black pepper idea, even though it was in Asian literature, mm. because of uh, something pointed out to me by Andrew Weil, Dr. Andrew Weil, that black pepper has a bit of irritation and toxicity associated with it. Interesting. So I thought it was doing is making the gut leaky, mm -hmm. too porous, and that's why the turmeric was getting in. But then, for example, if you want to go to Wikipedia, there's now cited that actually it's enhancing certain transport mechanisms. So I don't mind doing the black pepper thing now. Just real quick, can you explain to us what you're drinking over here? So today, because I was not a good boy yesterday, and I had more carbohydrate than I really should, uh, I today have two tablespoons of turmeric and a tablespoon of cinnamon mixed in with a nutritional powder that's got various things in it that mm. are good for me. And I'm slowly getting it down. Fortunately, the nutritional powder is flavored. <laughs> not carbohydrate, doesn't mm. It's got stevia, which I have a few minor objections to. I wish it was flavored with ribose instead. That'd mm. be healthy. So anyway, so Spence, it's again okay. coming back, yeah. looping back, <laughs> so Spence would tell people to do the, the turmeric extract, the ginger extract. Um, there's uh, 
some things in lemon peel that are anti-inflammatory and thus anti-pain and uh, also contains uh, vegetable plant digestive enzymes like the most famous are bromelain mm -hmm. which comes by the way from the stem of the pineapple so eating pineapple is not much good <laughs> and comes from papaya but that is the flesh of the papaya mm -hmm. that's a pet pain mm. And those two help decrease inflammation. And when you decrease inflammation, you tend to decrease pain. So right on the phone, if they'd been before, they would say, order from our e-store or get out of your cabinet, blah, blah, blah. Four, and it was uh, three products, uh, four tablets each, that's 12 tablets, every four hours. Mm. Wow. And if you wake up in the middle of the night, take another dose. Wow. And then come on, fly in here. And we'll start doing the warm, cool, warm, cool, and body work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that we mentioned, I think you started with the topical uh, alternatives or solutions. Yeah, so warm, cool was the topical right. thing that he does. And then yeah. what's the next level? Because you said you're going to start with topical and then we're going to uh, go to other categories. Well, you just heard from me things that you swallow. In, okay, so... It, and by the way, in Ayurvedic medicine, you do topical turmeric. Mm. For example, uh, on a trip I did to... Uh, a conference in Washington, D.C. I fell down some stairs at night. I went to go to the bathroom in a friend's house and I fell down some steps and broke my ankle to the point that it was at 90 degrees. Well, one of my trainings is as an emergency medical technician, so I very, I was in shock, not feeling pain yet. So I very calmly looked at it, reached down, reduced it, and put it back into place. <laughs> and then uh, woke up the uh, my friend and he took me to the ER. Mm. So, uh, blah 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 the things we did at the ER etc cetera, etc cetera. but just to show you the powerful alternative methods uh, the orthopedic surgeon that worked on it afterwards here in Chicago by the way they didn't do it in Washington as soon as I said I live in Chicago they went oh the mecca of orthopedics <laughs> which who are you thinking of saying seeing and I said well Dr. Dominguez ah Dominguez very good Pack them up, send them away. <laughs> so anyway, when Dominguez did the surgery on me afterwards, I said, how long am I going to be in this cast? He said, oh, six months with, with wires and bolts and all kinds of things. Mm. And they put the cast on super tight. Mm. I'm, I'm getting to another pain management thing here. Mm. So tight that it was actually killing a nerve and causing me pain. Wow. And I couldn't sleep. Wow. Fortunately, at that time, being a professor, one of my students was a Chinese medicine, MD, OMD, from China, whose specialty in China had been orthopedics. And while his wife was doing research here at Rush, he decided to pick up another degree, the DC degree. Mm. So he's one of my students. Wow. And he saw me hobbling into class and hobbling after her, and he followed me into my office, closed the door. He said, you sick. Mm. And I said, well, yeah, I've got this on my cast, and yeah, it's painful. You're sick. You should be home. I'm sorry for imitating people's voices. I, it's okay. I've done some theater. I, I like imitating voices. But that was his voice, and how insistent he was. I'll switch back to regular English. He said, you're sick. You should be at home in China. We would give you six weeks vacation, and your wife would be taking care of you, and wow. you should be home. Wow. And I said, nobody can take off my lectures. I have to teach. Mm. He took the uh, six pulses at each wrist which Chinese medicine does. Interesting. And wrote out a whole page of Chinese symbols, which I took to one of our uh, 
Uh, well, at that time, we had more of them. One of our Chinese medicine masters in Chicago, Dr. Gua, Zhengeng Gua, and he filled the prescription, a big pile of herbs to be boiled and made into a concentrated tea and then drink that. Mm. Most disgusting tasting stuff I've ever had. Wow. Absolutely took away the pain. Wow. Boom. Within hours, pain gone. Wow. And even though one of my nurses has been killed. But the thing is, at night, I kept waking up because it gave me the most horrendous smelling farts. <laughs> <laughs> and during the night, it would waft up to my face from under the covers. Like, wake up, what's that? I was like, oh. So the next day, I, I called, I, I saw him in the hall and yeah. I, into my office, closed the door. And I said, uh, wonderful, thank you very much. And I said, with no negative side effects, because it was all a balanced combination of herbs sure. so that all sure. the negatives get canceled out, sure. like proper herbology should be. You shouldn't mm. just take one herb. It should mm. be a combo platter, except for a few herbs. Mm. And I told him, he said, oh, you're so funny. And I said, no, it's true. No, you're so funny. Dr. Ray, you're so funny. And I said, no, it's really true. And, oh, true? Yes, true. Took the pulses again, another sheet of Chinese symbols, another pile of herbs. Still worked, but no farts. Interesting. Boom. So he knew. There's a master of yeah. Chinese herbology. You wow. Know? Yeah. So uh, I then did, based upon his advice, I then did things. For example, I told Dr. Dominguez, who had done a surgery and put on the cast, about how tight it was. He said, too bad. But, uh, by the way, this... this this Chinese doctor has stayed in Chicago. He's, last I heard in Lyle. Interesting. Chi Wei Rei, R-E-I. Uh, and, and he said, I, I had a residency. I'm, I'm certified in orthopedic medicine in China. Mm. He said, with you, we would have put on, not a cast, but splints that are tied together with bandage and at least once a day, the tissue would be massaged and would put on herbal topicals. Mm. And so, against Dr. Dominguez's advice, I had I bullied one of our interns into cutting open the cast. Mm. And then I would every day suspend my broken ankle, bare skin above this the steam of this herbal tea mixture. He had me make. Plus, I was swallowing his herbs, mm. and I was doing things that I knew around nutrition, etc. Instead of six months, three months. Wow. I went back at three months, and just like the case with that nurse, I told the doctor, I think we can take off the cast. Mm. He said, no way. Mm. Six months. Mm. I said, image it. He said, just like with that nurse. He said, insurance won't pay for that. It shouldn't be. I said, I'll pay out of my pocket if need be. Mm. He imaged it. He was astounded. And he asked me to write out everything I did. Whereas before, when I told him I was going to do a bunch of things, he said that won't help at all. Right. Yeah. So let's go, let's do, let's concentrate on the physical side then. What are some physical massage type, adjustment type? I mean, things that people can do on yeah. their own? Uh, or people, go to people for So, it. yeah, so background again, knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain. Yeah. We're yeah. not sure what's causing it. Right. But what, what, what are some options? Well, there's plenty of options on the Internet. You can look up around various pains and what you can do on your own. But I want to take the uh, few minutes, well, it's not so few minutes with Professor Ray, <laughs> to talk about dual-channel frequency-specific microcurrent. Mm. It is my goal. Mm. I doubt that I'll see it in my lifetime. 
that everybody has access to this in their home or in among their neighbor community whatever so that when you have pain and inflammation and by the way a whole bunch of other things for example there's a very successful protocol for kidney stone there's a successful protocol for insomnia there's for a successful protocol using these frequencies interesting uh, for depression, uh, constipation, diarrhea, irritable bowel, uh, blah, 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 blah. There's protocols for uh, discogenic, that means the disc in the spine is the cause of the problem and it's causing sciatica. Mm. So discogenic sciatica, there's a protocol for that. Mm. Uh, what dual, so let me explain what this is. Dual channel frequency specific. So there's two channels. So you're using two frequencies at the time. One is for inflammation. Some of these are proprietary, and I can't tell you, but this was published, so I can't tell you. 40. Mm. 40 hertz is for inflama acute inflammation. 284 is for chronic inflammation. Mm. The other frequency is for the target tissue. For example, I think, uh, was this published yesterday? Was, uh, 77 is connective tissue. Mm. Uh, 39 and 59 are bone. And so you feed in these two frequencies at once into the area, and it's the combination of the two frequencies that cause uh, 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 the response. And the frequency, and so you feed in the current, so there's one pad and another pad. Either it's alternating current or direct. Direct current tends to be better for pain. The level of the amperage being used is about the same level as your own cells use to talk to each other. Mm. Whereas when I became a chiropractic physician, uh, we were taught to use high voltage galvanism and TENS units. Right, TENS which they still use. Right, which yeah. health insurance tends yeah. to pay for, by the way. Right. TENS units are a thousand times as current. High wow. voltage galvanism is a million times as current. Wow. And the way they're waking, working is so exhausting the nerve that it can't transmit pain. Mm. That to me starts to get into, are we doing any hurt or harm? And I could talk about some of the evidence I have for the hurt and harm there, but uh, it's small evidence. So I would rather use this modality, and it's like the, mod pretends to, the modality pretends to be a cell talking to another cell and saying, hey, let's cut back on inflammation. Hey, let's not feel so much pain, et cetera, mm. et cetera. And you go through a sequence of frequency pairs and a protocol. Like something like the discogenic sciatica, I vaguely recall, is 26 pairs you go through. Some of them emphasized a lot. Some of them rather transitory. And you always end up with certain frequency pairs that you use that are just for the health of the area. For example, I can increase the growth of connective tissue through mm. one certain frequency, which I, it's proprietary, mm. I can't tell you. You'd have to take the seminars. For example, there was a pilot study done by an MD at Mayo Clinic. I forget her name. Did she actually do it? Yes, she did. She did a pilot study on surgical wounds. Mm. And she did the protocols for wound healing repeatedly on people. They healed up their wound in one quarter of the time. Wow. So you can buy portable I've seen. I've seen them. Yes. And they even sell them with the contact points. And I mean, the question is, are they? do they have the protocols and how much of the protocols? Everyone I've looked at does not have all the protocols and often is not using dual channel. 
They're using one. One, okay. Yeah. Dual channel was popular about a century ago. Mm. And then we went through a period of time where the FDA was really going after all electric modalities because there was a lot of quacks out there, mm. wrong machines claiming stuff that wasn't happening. And dual channel didn't reappear until the 90s. When I learned microcurrent in school in the late 70s and early 80s, we only used the condition frequency. Mm. We didn't use the tissue frequency. And so most of the cheap units out there that I've seen, well, everyone that I've looked at does not use two frequencies at the same time. Or if they do use two frequencies at the same time, they're only using a piece of the protocol. Like maybe 40 slash 396, which is acute pain in nerves. So I would rather that people spend the money to get the really good units that have all of the protocols in there. The problem is they're kind of pricey. I think they've started coming down though. Well, the ones that I know of have not. Mm. They've gone up in price. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, partly because they're bigger, because uh, they have more stuff in them right. and, and they're better. But I would love it if people within a family or a neighborhood unit or extended family or whatever would buy the portables so that one of the things you try, even as you're seeking good doctor help to make sure things are okay, like an ankle sprain on the outside, what we call an inversion sprain, mm -hmm. uh, too often has a fracture of the uh, fibula above mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And people don't know that until down the road, the fracture gets bigger or necrosis sets in or something. So yes, go get it checked out by an expert. Make sure that nothing bad's happening. But meanwhile, go ahead and start the new injury protocol and start the sprain protocol. Why not? Can't do any harm. I know when I studied or when I looked into uh, frequency, uh, frequency specific microcurrent, it basically increases the I'm forgetting what it is. Well, you can increase ATP. Okay. You can increase serotonin. Mm. You can decrease the various pain and uh, more inflammation, uh, messenger molecules, the interleukins, prostaglandins, etc. Yeah, there's evidence of this. So when it came out in the 90s, fortunately, the person who brought it back out, uh, she bought uh, a lovely story there, Dr. Carolyn McMakin. Mm. She had been a pharmacological salesman and made a lot of money mm. and then she went eh, am I really helping humanity here <laughs> and so she became a chiropractic physician <laughs> and she bought an old chiropractic physician's office wow and one of the things kind of in the closet <laughs> was this mm. and she started looking into it and she had the money to get it researched etc so they're actually doing placebo-controlled you know right. crossover right. and those kinds of things and doing biochemical analyses and they just started because the kidney stone protocol works so well. well they started doing MRIs now to see if is the kidney stone actually disappearing? Talk about that. What's going on? I here? was going to ask you about the. I, I don't even know how to understand how that would work. Yeah, well, I can tell you the frequencies, again, include inflammation and pain frequencies. Okay. But also include frequencies that decrease sclerosing, decrease calcification, decrease mineralization. So maybe it is breaking apart the stones. Mm. I mean, my skepticism when I first came across the protocol, before it had so many, when a protocol has a high rate of success, they actually put it into the pre-programmed portables. Sure. Or like uh, Doc Joe has, he has a, a desktop one. It's kind of small. It could be portable, but it's a little big. Mm. Whereas the two portables, well, they're not here right now. Mm. 
I have are like a couple packs of cards put together. Mm. They're really very small. Wow. Like when I'm running them on myself, uh, I just stick it into a pocket and have the leads running to wherever I want. I walk around, etc. But um, so when something's very effective. So initially when I was trained in the protocol for kidney stones, I went, well, you may be getting rid of the pain, but are you actually getting rid of the stone? Or is the stone like uh, causing irritation of the urinary right. tract wall and perhaps scarring it? Or are we getting bleeding, et cetera? But no bleeding, and no, as you can tell, no scarring, right. no subsequent negatives. So now they're starting to get the money together to do MRIs and actually the image. Is the stone breaking apart? That'd be wonderful if it is. Wow. Or passing, which would yeah. be okay. Yeah. You know, as long as it doesn't damage the urinary tract going out, passing would be okay. Wow. So th thus you can see why I want everybody to have access to this. Because once you bought the machine once, the only financial cost after that is the infrequent times you got to stick another battery in it. And like my 9-volt battery, gosh, I think a 9-volt battery in there lasts for 30 hours of treatment or something like really? that. Really? Yeah. Can you get rechargeables? <laughs> yeah, I use rechargeables, okay. sure, sure. No, I, I like that suggestion that a, a family coming, kind of coming right. together and getting one unit for the family. That's right. That makes sense. I would love that there's more along those lines. Give you another example, but it's kind of away from your pain thing. No, go ahead. I, I know a researcher, he used to be at the Bethesda, uh, is it the Institute of Research? Anyway, it's military, the Bethesda, mm -hmm. whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. And his specialty was immunity. He was an MD, but he was big time immunity. In fact, he was part of that uh, complementary and alternative approach to AIDS. We used to share patients. And um, there's something called passive immunity. When you're first born, your immune system's not putting out antibodies much. So the breast milk has antibodies in it. And you can buy, for example, cow or goat milk where the mother put out the milk for the calf right. and they took some of that and they extract out the immunoglobulins. Mm. The first milk that's put out is very rich that she gives to her baby. Colostrum. That's colostrum. Right, right. right. But then down the road, for example, uh, they're called whey immunoglobulins, in case you want to do that. That's passive immunity. It's not your own immune system, but it is something put out by immune system. So the company I tend to use on that, where people, when people can do cow's milk, uh, they have a herd of healthy organic cows up in the mountains in New Zealand, mm. and they'll inoculate them with various things that humans tend to get infected by. Interesting. And then collect the milk and extract out that, and you can buy that, buy those way immunoglobulins. So knowing that, and that's been around for centuries, people mm. have used breast milk to help heal adults, for example. Mm. Uh, wet nurses hired to help give breast milk to adults. Uh, and he also knew that chickens did this, that when the egg is, is laid, inside it are immunoglobulins in case somehow the microbes get through the shell. Mm. So what he did is inoculated his, his little, he had a little farm, and he inoculated his chicken with various things. Mm. And uh, without telling people, now that's where he got into trouble and he eventually had to stop. Mm. Without telling people, he started giving people those eggs. <laughs> and people would come back to him and go, my arthritis is better, or my irritable bowel is better, mm. or I feel so much healthier. Can I have some more of your eggs? Mm. 
And it's because it had these passive immunity immunoglobulins in there. And apparently it was decreasing people's inflammation and pain and improving many people's quality of life, etc. And uh, there's a long story after that of how he eventually, the government went, stop it. Mm. And he actually got afraid. But we get into other stuff there. Uh, but anyway, it just shows you a route that should be explored. So, for example, I would love that every little community, like a block of houses, has a chicken farm. And a certain flu or cold is coming through the area. They get sent ahead of time, to the, right? And they mm. vaccinate the chickens, and mm. those are the eggs that they're eating. Mm. <laughs> wow. Passive immunity. Yeah, I don't know how much of that would actually replace vaccines, where you give the person, you know, the microbe or killed version, and they develop their own. But I like that, for example, for children or elderly who don't yet have the immunoglobulins. Mm. Just like in general. Well, I won't say always, but too often for my tastes, we vaccinate the young when their immune system really isn't quite able to take that mm. and usefully use it. Mm. Yeah. So, on that note, in terms of what we've been talking about, the the frequency frequency specific microcurrent, yeah, the immune dual channel, dual channel, right. You can read about it, by the way, and look at some of the papers that have been published at FrequencySpecific.com. That's Carolyn McMakin's clinic. Of course, when this came back out, and first United States success, and then worldwide, uh, other organizations, there's now two international conferences. One is her people, and the other is an alternative, mm. uh, Dr. Wu, W-U's. Um, here in the United States, when it looked like this had such great use, she wanted to make sure she wasn't illegal because remember I had said FDA in previous decades. Mm. So she went to the government, the FDA, and they said, what is this? And she realized that if she actually said this can not only reduce pain and inflammation like TENS units can and relax muscles, this can do other things, that they would go, ah, it's not legal, this needs to be researched. Mm. And that could take possibly millions of dollars. Mm. And big pharma might step in and go, something that reduces pain and inflammation, that's not ours. <laughs> and once you buy the machine, you can use it forever. You mm. don't have to keep buying bottles of it. Mm. No, no, no. Mm. So she says, it's a kind of TENS unit. And they said, well, fine, that's already legal. Mm. So in the United States, it's called a TENS unit. Wow. But it's a, a thousand <laughs> times less current. Wow. And so all I could advertise, for example, on a website is reduce pain and relax muscles. Mm. Inflammation would be a little sketchy in terms of the law. Whereas the Australia's version of the FDA has on staff a neurosurgeon who tried it on some low back pain patients, etc. And he declared, he actually, it's been written down, he said this is better than injecting corticosteroids right into the spine. Wow. This works better. Wow. So the Australian version of the FDA allows all kinds of things legally this to be used for. I can use it, for example, for constipation, but in my records I would call it an off-label use and have to get permission from the patient that I'm using it in an off-label right. way. Right. Right. Which is legal. You just have to do the paperwork. Mm. Yeah. What are some other things uh, uh, for relaxation, muscular relaxation? 
for pain? You want to stick on topic yeah. or you want to get into yeah. relaxation? <laughs> well, I think, I, I, look, I think the people who are in pain need to learn how to relax, right? Yeah. I do think there's some benefits. I, I, I mean, I don't know how much time is left, but even in terms of matters of the heart, because I know we've spoken before a little bit about heart math yeah. uh, and just even, you know, the new, the new trend well, of mindfulness again. So there you go. You, you tell, you know, if you want to, I mean, sometimes pain is caused by muscles being too tight. Mm. And so you want to do relaxation out of all the, I mean, there's so many ways. You start going out on the web and looking up. Right. There's so many techniques. Right. I, I pinpoint three uh, Heart Math Institute, their methods, because it's so well-researched and so correlated to lab markers, for example, or heart rate variability markers. And I would say Herbert Benson's Relaxation Response, which was a book back in the late 60s, early 70s, and then got updated in recent years in this century. And the other one is Emotional Freedom Technique, EFT, mm. which you can get for free out on the web. Mm. Uh, Relaxation Response, you can get the book through Interlibrary Loan or whatever. Mm. Heart Math has a website and I don't know currently which of their techniques they're putting up there for free, but I'll teach you one in a moment. Sure, awesome. <laughs> and uh, But the EFT, there are websites that want to sell you how to learn it, but there are also websites that will teach you how to do it for free. Last I knew, but it's been years since I looked, Mercola, M-E-R-C-O-L-A, Mercola.com, had a link to learning it for free because he's amazed how well it's worked on his, well, he has it huge practice compared to mine hundreds mm. and thousands of patients mm. so those are the three things so heart math the free one i want to teach you uh for example after uh 9-11 they made this free out on the web so that people can learn it i learned it as freeze frame they might have other names now freeze frame is kind of an odd name so they might have something mm. that's more sellable now so you're in a moment of stress okay that means you're up in your head you're all stressed out. You're thinking about the stress of blah, blah, blah. Running mind, as we would say in classical homeopathy, your mind's going around and around and around on the stress. And you realize that that's going on. You put your attention on your heart. Now, at that time, we, in that seminar where I took, learned this from heart math people, there was a very skeptical MD in the audience. Mm. And he raised his hand and said, how am I cuss word, can you put your attention on the heart when you can't see your heart? Right. And so the instructor said, put your little finger in front of your eyes and wiggle it. Your yeah. attention's on your little finger. Yeah. Now put your little finger behind the back and wiggle it. Can your attention still be on the little finger? Uh, yes. So therefore, you don't have to see it. <laughs> Just go <laughs> four inches, mm. you know, which is the width of your four fingers here. That's four inches, your palm size. That's your human four inches. Right. Go palm size. Uh, Transverse, not longitudinal. Right. Transverse across the other four fingers. Go palm size, lateral to your breastbone. Okay. Come down a little bit less than that from your collarbone. Okay. And go about halfway towards your back. And that's the heart. Mm. Put your attention on that. Mm. And now while your attention's on that, the original instructions was to have a nice thought. Maybe a thought about your wife or your kids or some vacation you took or a piece of music you like. It turned out in research, remember, they really are good about documenting with research, that the best was to have a positively stated moment of gratitude. Mm. So, for example, where my previous off, uh, two offices ago, I used to travel from Rogers Park down to Uptown, and I, in those years, in the 90s, 
Uh, there were a lot of halfway houses for people who were uh, previously in mental institutions. And there was also a lot of financially poor people who were very angry. And so not uncommon for somebody to be walking across the street and just stop in the middle of the street and start being crazy or yelling at somebody, etc. So in order for me to survive the stress of that using freeze frame and to state it positively, I would say the going is easy mm. or I'm getting to the office well. Mm. Not, it's not so bad today because mm. that's stating it negative. That means I'm actually thinking right. what it was worse, right. <laughs> you know, or I'm glad there's not so many crazy people in the street because, mm. again, I would be thinking stated in a very positive way. No not or no or never words sure. in there. So again, this time the MD was so upset that he actually leaped to his feet in the seminar and said, first you gotta be up in your head, you gotta realize that. Then you gotta put your attention on your heart. Then you gotta think of something to be grateful for. I can just imagine in his life he doesn't think much about gratitude. <laughs> and who has time for all of that? Mm. And the instructor said, it really doesn't take that long once you get used to doing it. And I just did it. Wow, because of the... <laughs> Now that pause when yeah. he was speaking, that's when he did it. Mm. He went down to his heart, <laughs> had a moment of gratitude, and then continued speaking. Mm. Do you think it's a coincidence that um, there's like this ebb and flow of these type of modalities that come and go? And like you mentioned, frequencies, dual channel or even single channel frequencies specific that emerged in the late 1800s or early 1900s and went away for some time. Now it's back. Mindfulness, gratitude. Yeah. I'm all these things are here, you know? I'm glad we're looking at it. Yay, yeah. the internet. Mm. On the other hand, in some ways, I will mildly and lowly almost whisper, boo the internet, <laughs> because too often patients come to me and they've been doing something off to the internet that's actually causing them hurt or harm. Yeah. And too often, despite, you, well, you got my resume, it's fairly impressive. Right. Despite my impressive resume, they don't believe what I said because it's contrary to something they read on the internet. Right. But... There are lots of people I encounter outside the office who learn something on the internet and their life is better for it. So, yay. So, as we're, as we're and I'll let you take a drink, as we are nearing the hour mark, I wanted you to close us off and give us some, some, some last, last advice to the entrepreneurs, the leaders out there. Well, yeah, I, I actually, in rehearsing this talk, I, on my own, in my mind, the last few sure, days, sure. there's one point I want to make and I hope I can do it quick enough here. That's fine. Take your time. Um, when I graduated with my doctorate, I had already been a teaching fellow and I became a professor. And I looked at the courses I was teaching, clinical biochemistry, lab diagnosis, clinical nutrition, and the literature, the amount of new literature that was coming out and decided that 10 hours a week would be enough to keep up. I could even take an article, read how it was done, maybe contact the authors, look through the bibliography, look at old papers. For example, most medical nutrient dosage articles, like let's take a cold and see if vitamin C works. You know, They give it like it's a drug. We'll take this many milligrams and give to everybody. The question is, in a given person, how much vitamin C does it take, for example, to saturate the white blood cells? Mm. And that varies from person to mm. person. And it's the white blood cells that are gonna be fighting the cold virus. Mm. And they use vitamin C big time as part of their weapon. So we really should have, the study should have been saturate everybody's white blood cells with vitamin C. Now see if it mm. helps the cold. 
Mm. Well, the first doubling of the volume of new literature that came out was 1990. The second doubling was in 95. The third, next one was 99. Now, and faster and faster, now we're about every two and a half years, the volume of new stuff coming out wow. is every two and a half years doubles. Wow. So that 10 hours long ago, many doublings ago, would have swollen to more hours in the week than I could be awake, wow. let alone even if I didn't go to sleep. Right. No one can know it all. We all have to deal in our various specialties with information that's flooding out. And I nowadays fly it by my eyes and archive what I think might be relative. I've got many terabytes. And some woman in hierarchical folders, sometimes I don't have time, it goes into another folder folder that I word search when a patient comes to me with a particular problem. I fly it by my eyes and I go to seminars where somebody has specialized in something like keto diet. Right. And presents all the huge bibliography that they have around mm. that, et cetera. So I know that many patients want their physician to be priest, priestess, God, goddess, totally trust them, whatever they say, that's the way to go. Even let's, let's pinpoint and say mainstream medicine, or even let's say chiropractic. You just trust in it and you go with it. No one knows it all. We all need a health and healing team, mm. as you have done. Mm. A health and healing team, and you put it together. I have two. I have <laughs> one car mechanic independent, and I have a car repair garage where there's a bunch of experts. Right. And between the two of them, they've been doing, doing right. very well with my car. Mm. But uh, it's got to be a team, a health and healing team. So, so the the listeners have to f to form this team. This team. That's right. And when you get opinion from one doctor, and it's and you're supposed to be doing something that's risky, like certain risky drugs. By the way, drugs are not presented as risky. For example, the TV commercials, blah, 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 should be used for blah, blah, blah. And then this lovely music swells up. And you, and you see yeah. these lovely people yeah. having love or a family. Yeah. And side effects include blah, 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 blah. Heart attacks, suicidal thoughts. Right. And people have gotten used to that. That is just how it has to be. Accepted. You've got to take drugs that have mm. all these nasty side effects mm. because all bodies of knowledge are based upon assumptions, that's the foundation, and then data and logic that builds up the body of knowledge from there. Mm. Mainstream medicine that uses drugs and surgery, their baseline assumption is the body is very poorly designed, things often go wrong, you mm. don't have much hope about to have health and mm. healing, so therefore, why not use drugs that are risky, et cetera, et cetera. Functional medicine and is a rather modern title. Prior to that, we just called it clinical nutrition in the board certifying sequence I taught in. Um, our baseline assumption is the body is amazingly well designed. And if you support and nurture it, it'll do health and healing. I admit there are some times when it's not so well designed like the supraspinatus tendon. What the heck? How did that get designed that way? Not that us chiropractors aren't making money off of it. Or the psoas. What the hell? That's because we're, we're kind of a transition animal. Mm. Uh, something's designed as if we're on all fours. Mm. Um, if you don't mind evolution speak. Mm. 
but uh, it just shows you that if you get told you need to do something dire that has a risk, don't assume that that's necessary. Go and get a second, maybe a third opinion. Lastly, I am familiar with some of the people that were on the original Obama White House committee that was going to propose to Congress Affordable Care Act. Mm. Some of them are mentors of mine and mm. some of them are colleagues. Mm. Inside the Affordable Care Act, one of the few things left there from the original committee, most of it's now Romney Care, not Obamacare, <laughs> there is a paragraph. I, I, I won't quote it exactly, but I read the whole thing. And in there it says, in every case, all treatment options must be considered and the best one chosen. Just wow. imagine if that were the case. Wow. And if you judge best, not only by first do no harm, by the way, not all medical schools do the Hippocratic Oath anymore. Wow. Or a variation on the Hippocratic Oath. Interesting. Because just sometimes you, within the health insurance, big pharma, harm. et cetera, you're going to end up with some harm. Yeah. First do no harm. And the other one I taught at the grad and postdoc level is second, maximize the ratio of positives, not only the targeted positive, the thing you're trying to do, but also side positives add together, divided by negatives and risk for negatives and costs. Mm. If we use both of those first and second and chose treatments that were the best on that criteria, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. Acupuncture, dual channel frequency, specific microcurrent, herbs, nutrients, Chinese medicine, mm. Ayurvedic medicine, mm. relaxation, mindfulness, everything would be used to be part of the part of the system that's right where um, if people want to find out more about you if people want to schedule an appointment and contact you consult with you how can they get a hold of you well call the office for appointments okay and I can put that in the link okay all right yeah and anything else anywhere well I have a professional Facebook page dr. Okay. Ray Raymond uh, dr. Ray Bailey DC etc uh, and what I put there, I started that because there are some things that I tell so many patients. It's like, why am I wasting their time and thus their money, me having to verbalize this? And so I put there things that I tend to tell patients. Uh, the person who's working on my website, and I just might go ahead and publish the website anyway, because we're doing this. Right. <laughs> Enough of waiting for them to publish it. Uh, <laughs> told me stop putting things on that Facebook page until we can link it to your website. Right. So if the website gets put up in time, I hope, yeah, I just might go ahead and do it, whether it's perfect or not. DocBailey.com. Wow. It's pretty pretty good uh, <laughs> URL yeah, you got. That's it. Just DocBailey.com. So they can call the office 773-774-9200. Awesome. For, uh, yeah, anything else you want to ask? No, that's it. Dr. Ray, thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. And I, I think As you we'll, can tell, I love talking. We'll make, we're, I, think, I think we're going to have to make you a staple of uh, this podcast. So I would love have to, to sit with that. you regularly, and we can talk about all things uh, health, nutrition, and healing. I would love to do that. Because yeah. I taught for 31 years. I miss doing that. You miss teaching. I mean, every patient gets yeah. things from me. Some don't want to really learn things, mm. but they get it anyway. Mm. Yeah, I'd love handing out information. Half of my professional hours a week are me updating and correcting the information I know. Right. And so there's always new stuff in my head. Thank but, you so much. Yep. I'm just gonna Thank you.